If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. There's an attack right now on the church. We've been feeling it for about the last decade because I believe the enemy, if he can stop the source of the gospel, feels that he can stop the exportation of the gospel. And so there, there's just an attack on the house of God. And we should rejoice in that because wherever sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And it's just making us tougher and stronger and wiser and bigger and badder in Jesus' name. Amen? So there's all kinds of stuff going on. And it's supposed to shake your faith. That's why the devil's trying to do it, mess with your heads and wonder why God's doing things everywhere else. And sometimes we have to be, as the scriptures say, grateful and thankful in all things because the moment you step into gratefulness, your eyes are open to all that's going on. And the moment you step out of gratefulness, it seems like nothing is happening. The fact is, it's happening all the time because it already happened on the cross. It was finished back then, and we're not trying to get God. We already have him. We're not trying to step in miracles. They're flowing everywhere, right? And our pastor right now in South Africa is just being a bad whamma-jamma sent from Texas from you guys, which means his fruit is your fruit, right? Because you're here. So come on, let's pray for him. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we pray for our pastor right now. We pray that miracles would continue to abound. There's nothing special happening there. He's just being who he is. It happens here when he's here and there when he's there because you're moving in and through him and because Heather and him have been faithful and faithfulness always produces miraculous, crazy results. And Father, that's why we endure. That's why we're tough. That's why we don't mind if a little stress comes on us because we're tougher than hell. We're able to go after everything you've called us to with all grace abounding in and through us. In Jesus' mighty name, we call him blessed, healthy, prosperous, full of miracles. And when he gets back, he'll have more energy than he's ever had before. In Jesus' mighty name, well, come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. And go ahead, be seated. I know it's the early service, but I'm a Seattleite, so I've had six cups of coffee, and I'm ready to roll. Uh, I wanted to say this real quickly, and then I'll I'll give you some scripture. Um, It is true that uh, Eric and Heather and Lisa and I have become real good friends, and uh, 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 we consider ourselves a sister church in the area, because let's just be honest, there's not a whole lot of sane, (laughs) spirit-filled, prophetic-believing, wise churches in this region. They're usually either insane or Baptist, one of the two. So we're hitting the zone and bringing the gospel to McKinney in a way truly our church here is really what is happening around the world. I mean, really, what we're doing here is the norm of what God is doing around the world. And we're in the microcosm of this little thing called the buckle of the Bible belt, where, you know, you know, you know it's a little crazy down here, let's, let's face it. Uh, but we're here to bring sanity and power, yeah, right? And both have to come together. It has to be the Word and the Spirit for it to be balanced and powerful, and so it's sustainable. So it's an honor to do life with you guys, Heather, and and, uh, and with your church, and let's just take over this city. Amen. It's only about 160,000 people. That should be easy to do. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All right, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. I'm honored to be here. 
It's a big deal to get invited to any church, but a church in your own hometown, that's, that's the biggest honor there is. And so, Lord, right now I thank you that this church is edified, built up in your purposes, and the Lord, your purposes are great, and nothing, nothing that the enemy sets in front of us can stop us because we just ooze kingdom of God. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, I know it's early, but everybody shout it, amen. amen. I don't know if you know this about me, maybe it's on the internet somewhere, there's all kinds of stuff about people on the internet these days, but you're looking at one of the rare human beings, I gotta brag about myself a little bit, that was a world champion and held a world record by the time he was 10 years old. Not many people can boast of that, uh, but I had a world record by the time I was 10, and uh, looking at me, I'm six foot four and a half, but my dad's 5'8", my mom's 5'5", and I don't know what happened. The mailman was black, so I know it wasn't him. Uh, but here I am, six, four and a half. And uh, by the t- I was just an athlete from day one. And, and, and uh, my dad had bought me a little stopwatch when I was nine years old and had spray painted a line right where our mailbox was. I'll never forget, it's a true story. And spray painted a line, and, and I lived on a street in, in Washington called Forest Court. There's a lot of trees up there. And, and I had to run down my block and through this wooded area to my grade school. And I had the world record of running that race. It was a minute and 14 seconds from my mailbox to the end of the park right in front of my grade school. Now, nobody else had ever ran the race. I want to make that very clear. But I had the, come on, I had the world record, a minute and 14 seconds, and I woke up one morning, and I just had, you know, it's just one of those, I ate my Wheaties. I feel that way this morning. I prepared for this. This is a big deal to me, to be able to be in a local church in my own hometown that a pastor would trust me enough to do that. That's a big deal. And so, like this morning, I had eaten my Wheaties, and I was a big kid at 10 years old. I had my stopwatch in my hand, my new sneakers back in those days, most of you are younger than me, but there was only one kind of shoe, Converse. That was all there was, right? And you had one pair of new shoes and one pair of old shoes, and that's if you had money, okay? So I had my new shoes on, and, and I hit the stopwatch and took off running. And man, I knew this trail, I mean, every bump, every log, every rock, and I mean, I was just, just, just cooking. And, and from about from here to the wall over there, right at the end of my race, and and right with my world record, you know, right in hand, I don't know if they have them, I haven't seen them down here, I've seen squirrels down here, but uh, right at the end of my race, right like literally on the finish line, there was a chipmunk. Do they have chipmunks here? You know, you know they're like miniature squirrels. They're only about this tall. And, and my eyes met his eyes at the same time his eyes met my eyes. And, and he went just like this. And I've shared this story around the world, literally. I mean, this is a funny little story, but, but it's a great example. And one time a lady actually sent me a postcard with a, a little chipmunk doing exactly what I'm about ready to describe. So as I'm looking at him, and I'm just bearing down on him, just world record, you know, just, just coming down on him fast. And he looks at me, little chipmunk, and he stands up on his hind feet, and he goes just like this. <laughs> and of course, I did what any gigantic, young, athletic, world record, I remember I told you that, right? World record holder did. When I saw him like this, I said, ah, and ran the other way. And uh, I know, it's, I'm not proud of this, because he's just a little chipmunk, and I'm this big, gigantic, 10-year-old, world record holder, dynamic, 
young man. And I'm running the other way from a little chipmunk, and I remember how bad I felt getting pushed off my track, my trail, my path. I remember just like, man, it was in my hands, the world record. Probably a minute and 12 seconds. I, I was dominating that record. And a little chipmunk. Just, and I'm, I'm, this is a true story. I was just like me, walking away defeated. And then years later, it hit me. I wonder how the chipmunk felt. Because he must have had a different story. He must have just been like, I am a bad monk. Right? Turn to your neighbor and just go, come on, just turn to him. Just come on, do it. Come on. First crowd I've ever been able to get to do that in all the time I've ever shared that story. <laughs> I want to talk about what it is to win, to be victorious, to finish your course, and to be somebody who is called to true victory. Because I think what we have chur- turned Christianity and the church world into, because it kind of flows with society. If we're not careful the nature of the church and the kingdom is that we adopt the world around us. And, you know, we're trying to be cult- culturally relevant and all this stuff, and that's good. You know, I like the cool stuff, and I'm into all that stuff too, technology and cool ways to express the gospel. But if we're not careful, all of us in here can bring the spirit of the world into the place. And right now, the spirit of the world is a spirit of entitlement. Everyone owes me something. Or I'm afraid of everything and I am hiding and people don't know it, but I don't even know if my marriage is going to last, if, I'm gonna, if my kids are going to go crazy, if my business is. And it is a defeated mentality instead of realizing that we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. We are the head and not the tail. And getting that spirit on us that it doesn't matter what background you come from. You could come in jacked up, messed up. I mean, I got saved at 19. I'm from Seattle. There is no such thing as second and third generation Christian. I got saved two years after my mom did. Right? It's just heathen country up there. It's 5% Christian. If you go to Starbucks and talk about the Lord, people literally walk up to you and say, hey, stop that. You, you, what are you doing? I mean, you get confronted. That's when it's awesome to be six foot four and a half. Just, excuse me? I was up in Seattle. I have, I've been down here four years. And we started the church just a little under three years ago. And, and uh, uh, I, was, I was up, I was preaching for a friend of mine up there and up in Seattle. And I went downtown Seattle. It's been four years. And, uh, and I'm into dressing hip. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I like cool clothes and all that stuff. But, but I swear to God, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, but every, I was downtown and every single man looked gay. It was just like, and I'm not, now I'm not, you know, I'm for, you know, I'm not an anti-gay preacher kind of guy. I mean, I love people. If you're gay, I say come into the house of God and, and we'll straighten you out in Jesus' name. And, and if you're this and if you're a drug addict, we love you. We're for you, you know. We're not, we're not freaked out. You know, we're not afraid of that, right? You know, usually guys that are afraid of gay people got a little gay in them, right? So I'm not. I'll put my arms around a gay guy, love on him, and, and I'm not afraid at all. So, but, but I swear to God, I was just going around. I'm like, going, oh, my Lord. Everybody's just walking around like this. It's just so, because I'm from Texas now, you know what I mean? And, and all I could think of is I can't wear my jeans that 
Those are tight jeans. I don't know about you, but I'm like a dude. You know, at any given time, I, I'm not into fighting. I'm not into violence. I'm a humble, loving man. But I'm still a dude. So at any given time, I feel like I might have to get in a fight. I don't know why, but if I have to save my kids or something. So I can't wear jeans quite that tight. You know, just, just like, yeah. Because I might have to just, you know, I don't know. And I remember just going, man, this place is weird. Well, I grew up in that. It's a new age, goofy, uh, uh, you know there are 372 religions recognized by America right now. I don't know if you know that. Different religions. And Christianity is being asked to take a step back from the limelight to give room. That's, that's kind of the argument in terms of the political world right now. In other words, you've been number one for so long, you have to step out of the schools and step out of this and step out of that because, you know, there are a lot of other expressions. And, and we go, listen, we do not apologize for serving God, who is number one. Oh, well, you have to be number one. No, we're not number one. He's number one. See, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't have any problem with Buddha, but he's not number one. And so we serve the Lord over all lords, king of kings. Yeah. Buddha's awesome. Think about it. Buddha would be awesome at a potluck. <laughs> you know he would bring it. Or Krishna, you know, they would probably tell you, you guys are texting, you've never seen Krishna guys. Those are the guys who used to be in the airport with the, the ponytail and yeah. ball shape on the ponytail. It's never in the middle, it's just off the side. That's awesome. That's a party ready to happen. Come on. I mean, that's a, probably a great person. But we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We don't apologize for it, right? So I'm up there, and, and this is years ago, and I pastored up there for 20 years. And, and uh, my friends, I don't know if you know guys like Casey Treat or Kevin Gerald, but those are my local friends up there. And, uh, and probably 15 years ago or so, I was a younger pastor. Uh, uh, I think this year would be 24 years of pastoring for me. And uh, I was up there, and they were having the first ever in Seattle Center where they had the World's Fair in 1961, uh, the year I was born, 1961. And uh, the Seattle, uh, where the Space Needle is and all that, that's, that's where the World's Fair was. And now it's called the Seattle Center where there's rides and amusement stuff, and, and there's a lot of convention rooms and things like that up there. So I get a knock on my door, and at the time, I, I can't remember, I was watching some TV show with Lisa, just chilling out with the kids and just relaxing. And a couple guys in my church who had gotten saved and gotten radical for Jesus uh, knocked on my door and said, Pastor, we are going downtown to the Seattle Center because there's a convention for the, the first ever national New Age Witches and Warlocks convention in Seattle. And so I said, well, you got to be kidding me. He goes, it's, it's huge. There's tickets all over Seattle. They're expecting like 10,000 people at it. And it was, I'm, I'm not saying what it was about. I'm telling you the actual title of the event. The Northwest New Age Witches and Warlocks National Convention. Like on the ticket. And they're expecting 10,000 people. And one of these guys was a, uh, he's with the Lord now. He was part of our original power team. You know, most of the power team guys all came from the Northwest. I don't know if you know that. And then they moved to other places around the country. So we had several of them in our church at that time. And this guy bench pressed 710 pounds. You know, and we, we, I led him to the Lord. He was up on charges. He was facing 20 years of gun running. They caught him with uh, uh, grenades and machine guns from the fort. And 20 pounds of cocaine they caught him with. 
And I went to the courtroom, and, and he gave his life to the Lord. He called me up. He said, I'm going to prison. I want to give my life to the Lord. He was just a killer, you know, just a stone-cold, gigantic killing machine. Just, a, ah, just guns and machines. What do you got grenades for? <laughs> I led him to the Lord. This is years ago. Led him to the Lord. Supernaturally, somehow he gets off. And he goes on to serve God all his days and lead a half a million people to Christ worldwide, and now he's in heaven. He died from heart issues just being so gigantic, you know, I mean, just one day he just exploded and went to go be with the Lord. I mean, that's, so him and this other guy, not quite too much smaller than him, uh, are at my doorstep, and, they're th- and I'm thinking, Lisa says, you better go with those guys. Because there's gonna, something's gonna go down, right? These are, that, that, remember, they were newly saved at that time. These are two guys that came to me about a year after they were saved and said, Pastor, I just was teaching on gifts. You know, all of us have different gifts. That was the reading of the word today, different gifts, different talents. And, and I was teaching on it, and they came up to me. Shake was the guy's name, and he said, uh, Pastor, hey, can, can you come here this after service? And him and Jim, his friend, uh, said, hey, we think we know our gift after sh- hearing that. If This is true. If you ever have a problem with somebody, if you could let us know, We'll handle that for you in Jesus' name. <laughs> now, as a younger pastor, so I made the mistake of saying, no, that's not the gifts that, that God's talking about. As I've gotten older, I wish I had more of those gifts around me in Jesus' name. <laughs> so we go down to the New, New Age Witches and Warlocks National Convention, and let me give you some scripture. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that's been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, but the darkness comprehends it not. There was a man who was sent by God whose name was John. He was not that light, but came to bear witness of that light. That's the true light, which lights every man that comes into the world. It goes on to say that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter 1. We pay the $5 ticket fee. Shake asks his friend to stand outside, and there's all these Christians protesting outside of this convention center. They're handing out tracts. And I'm I'm Irish-Italian, so I am a track. You know, I've never handed one out. I am one. So I said, you know, I told Shake, let's go in. He was like, okay. And so we paid $5 each to go in. Jim stayed out with the rest of the people. And I walked in with Big Shake and me into the New Age National Witches and Warlocks Convention, Seattle, Washington. And uh, it was an amazing setup. They had booths, you know, just like convention center booths, little sections, wrapped all the way around the convention center. And some of them were like crystal ball people. Others would play keyboards and read your aura. Uh, there were tarot cards or whatever they call them. There, you name it, it was represented there. And so the people were just going from booth to booth to booth to booth, experiencing and trying to learn of all the different religions and belief systems and all the stuff. Isn't that something? Now, we walk in, and it is just thick, demonically. You can feel it with any spiritual sense at all. And Big Shake, who's gigantic, is now just shaking. And he looks at me, he goes, man, this is freaking me out. You can just feel this. And I said, hey, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Put a smile on your face. Come on. And that's it. And he, he's like, 
23-inch arms, just like this. I'm not kidding you. And, and so the, we, we're looking at these different booths, and we, and we walk up to the very first one, and there is a lady there, and she is teaching people how to channel. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I mean, I'm used to it. Uh, being from Seattle, we hear about that kind of stuff. And it was really big 15 years ago or so where, where they call it channeling. And basically what you're doing is you are, as a Christian, we know what's happening. You are inviting a demonic spirit into you. But they all, it's always like, you know, when they promote it to people, it's always like a lost king from Atlantis. You know, it's the pride of man, you know. It's like, I'm going to channel a lost king or queen from Atlantis. It's never like Joe the plumber from 200 years ago, right? It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's a lost king. And, and so there's this lady there, big lady, you know, she's, you know, I'm not going to say anything about it, but she's big. And she's just, you know, she's got six or seven ladies and they're sitting down and she's teaching them and, about channeling spirits, and so uh, there's this little board she has set up describing what she does. And I just have jeans and a T-shirt on. I'm not looking like a pastor or anything. And I got shake with me. And I'm looking at the board, just kind of looking at the stuff. She's got pictures of people with their aura and different colors over their head. And she's got a description of what she does and how these, these spirits can help guide you through life, you know, which they will. Right? And so, you know, she's, so she comes over to me. She, you know, this is a pretty small booth, and she looked, comes over to me, and she looks at me, and she says, you're Christians, aren't you? And I, I took a step back. I said, yes, ma'am, we are. See, spirit knows spirit. And she said, uh, so am I. Check your source, and he'll tell you. And then she reached out her hands, and she said, touch my hands, and you'll feel the power. I took a step back and said, I'm not touching your hands. And I said, but I will check my source. Now, this place had no exaggeration, at least 10,000 people packed into it. It was a convention center with booth after booth after booth after booth after booth, all of this demonic activity going on, and it hit me. Thank God there's at least a couple churches in a city that can work together, do things together, and unite together, and do great things for God, because it's harder to get the church world together than it is a bunch of demon-believing New Age witches and warlocks. They're all in unity. They're all connected. They got booths rejoicing with each other. They're united in deception. And we can't even be united in truth. Come on. We wonder why sometimes they can manifest more power. Well, because unity is a principle that works in anything. So here we are. And I said, I'll check my source. So I stepped back. And I, no exaggeration. This story doesn't need any exaggeration. I stepped back and I said, dear Lord Jesus, show me right now. The spirit that presides in this place and in this woman, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Now I open my eyes. My eyes were closed. And already there is like a gathering of people, about five people deep, circling around the booth. And I mean, it's probably 200 people gathered around. It's like a schoolyard brawl. People are like, hey, they're there for a show. And I look around, and they're starting to come by the hundreds because I was loud. Why? Because this is my city, my town. My, I, come on. People, Christians are stupid sometimes. We don't want to go out on Halloween because it's the devil's day. There's no day that's the devil's day. 
There's no anything that's his. We got to be careful what kind of clothes we wear. That's worldly. No, dress cooler than the world and preach the gospel to them. We got to be, you shouldn't drive that kind of car. Man, come on. The people that make Rolls Royce and Mercedes, they got to feed their family too. Buy one if you can afford one. Well, that's not right if a preacher has one. Well, I don't have one, so get mad at the other preacher then. (laughs) But if one has one, what do we care? That's so stupid. That is just so stupid. As if the world has the right to stuff. But we're Christians. We can't have stuff. God can't entrust us with wealth. Of all the people on the planet that should have some money, it should be the people who are going to do something for God, who've actually proved that they will stay with their wife. We let the world get the money. They're going to go through divorce, squander it, spend it on drugs, spend it on this, spend it on that. And we think, well, you know, but they know business. (laughs) All right, so back to the story. So the crowd is gathering around, and, uh, and I'm sitting there going, man, this is, this is pretty freaky. And I, I looked at her, and, and her eyes were rolling up in the back of her head where all I could see were the whites of her eyes. And they were doing this. And, and her ladies were sitting there. They were still sitting down, and the crowd was getting larger. And I looked at her, and I said, the Lord gave me three things. See, sometimes we prophesy to believers because that's nice. But sometimes you got to prophesy to the devil. Come on. <laughs> People, Christians forget that because this is pretty safe here. The Lord is going to bless you and turn your finances around and your marriage shall be healed. That's a good word. We'll take that word. Because, you know, hey, we need a little more money and I don't even care if you're a pastor. You need a little healing in your marriage every once in a while. Good word. But you know it's getting good when you're saying, devil, let me just tell you who you are and what's going to happen. Yeah. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I use my words to bind the enemy. You know the easiest thing in the kingdom to do is bind and loosen. That's the beginning of Christianity. You get keys handed to you, the keys, authority of the kingdom, and you can bind and loose whatever you want. Christians forget that. You can just do that. You can bind bad grades if you're in high school and release good ones. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. You can bind the spirit of divorce and release joy. You can bind perversion and release good sex in your marriage. That's what Lisa and I do. That's why we're still together. Woo! See, people are like, oh, my God, you can't do that. Well, we did, and we're still together. How are you doing? Right? If you catch your husband on the Internet doing the wrong thing, bind that spirit and release the spirit of his eyes are only for you. It's all up here anyway. All right, all right. See, you guys are receiving, so that means Eric and Heather have been doing their job preaching about stuff that matters. A whole lot of churches are answering questions nobody's asking. Right? And then they think we're not teaching the Word. No, we're teaching the Word. We're teaching about stuff that's actually happening. A lot of churches are teaching the Word about nothing because it's safe. They don't have to offend anybody. They don't have to mess with anybody. Nobody has to change. They just have to show up and do their duty. Right? We want your sex life to be good, your financial life to be good. We want your relationships in the world to be good. We want you to take over in the business world. See, that stuff matters because you're thinking about it. All right, so back to the story. So I said, there's three things the Lord has given me. Number one, the spirit that's in you is not your own. And she was like this. 
I'm not kidding you. She was under my trance now. And the crowd is getting bigger. And I said, number two, what the Lord showed me is the spirit that's in you will not prosper from this moment forward. She was making money off those people. Hand over fist. They're just raking in the dough for putting demons in people. Hey, Paul dealt with that in the New Testament. Right? Just the same spirit. He dealt with that when he was launching out and reaching his world. People making money, getting people full of the enemy. Full of, because people are hungry for spiritual things. And so, I said, the spirit in you will not prosper from this day forward. And number three, greater is he that's in me. I just made it personal. Than he that's in you. And now you're going to feel the power. And I reached out, walked right over to her, slapped my hands on her head. Just like that. And she just began to. And she hit the ground so hard. See, here in church, we do the little kind of Pentecostal charismatic, you know, pray for me. And then we check, see if there's somebody behind us. (laughs) Feeling it. Right? Come on. And then we, if there's nobody, we say, hey, hey, hey. I'm trying to go out in the Lord right here. Come on. I'm trying to get some. Come on. Right? We do that. But she just was like, bam, 300 pounds of demon-possessed woman just, bam, hitting the ground. And Shake by now, Shake, Shake is no longer freaking out. Shake's like this. What? 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 And, and six little guys dressed in black run up and pick her up and take her over to a table and lay her down. She is out. She looks dead. They're chanting over her, doing whatever they're doing over her. And out of nowhere, the head demon witch, I don't know what she was, little lady about this short gray hair, all dressed in black, with two big bodyguards in black behind her, walk up to me and check. I felt like the movie Moses. Remember the movie Moses with Charlton Heston, and he had two guys, and they had two snakes? They had their two snakes, and I had my one shake. Because they came up like, you know, what? And I said, hey, what, what? He'll kill you. You understand? Just two weeks ago, he found his ministry. Don't make me use it. But I'm trying to be cool, you know. And so she came up. She said, you need to go. I said, well, there's a little, uh, this is just the first booth. We're fixing to. That's true. That's the exact word. She said, well, you need to go now. I said, listen, we'll go now. All the Christians, by the way, are peeking through the windows, looking through. We'll go now but I want my $5 back. That's what I said to her. I don't know why I said it to her. She goes, okay, you can have your money back, but you got to go now. Man, I have never got money back from the devil so quick in my life. (laughs) They handed me my five bucks back shake, and we walked out, literally, Christians were out there just high-fiving us as we just walked out the front doors. What's the story? She's just a chipmunk, and I'm no longer a 10-year-old. What chipmunk is in your path? Quit acting like a 10-year-old. You're not a 10-year-old anymore. You've been married for two years now. You've, hey, if you've been married for two years and you have made it, whoo, you are a mature believer in Jesus Christ. If you're like me, I've been married 30 now. 
I've raised kids who know the Lord. And it's so amazing to me what we'll let just kind of step into our path. When Pastor Heather was talking about, you know, uh, you know, sometimes crazy people bring good people together. And so there was some crazy person at your church a long time ago, just went crazy, decided to be stupid and cause problems and division. I always tell people, I don't care if you're gay, smoking weed, and you're going to go to jail for crack. We'll love you, but cause division in our church, we will literally kill you. No, no, I mean, we'll kill you. you if, if you somehow escape, count it as the grace of God and the favor of God. Well, yeah, but you have people in your church that were prostitutes. No, we love the prostitute. No, we love the drug dealer. No, we love the gay person. We love all. These, these, that's just sin. We love sinners. Because division in our church, we will kill you. We will raise shake from the dead. Send them to your house. Why? Because division is a shame on the house of God. So, so, you know, dividers, they go somewhere else to divide. So we just had a divider, and I don't care if somebody knows who it is. They probably don't, but if, they, if you somehow know this story, good. The Bible says mark those in Romans. Mark those who cause division among you and have no fellowship with them. Let's just teach the word a little bit. Have no fellowship with them. Why? Because they're causing division everywhere. So I had this person come from, you know, and they caused division. I got on the phone. Said, hey, who are these people you're sending to me? They were like, we didn't send those people to you. We tried to kill them, and they escaped. <laughs> and we'll help you kill them now. And I said, I have found a brother and a sister for life. Let's join at the hip and take over McKinney for Jesus. That's literally what we did. And see, you might go, well, that's not grace. No, it's not. Listen, it's not. That's not grace. It neither was it when Jesus said, listen, I'm going to fashion a whip because these suckers have been messing with the house of God for too long. That is premeditated butt whooping right there. That is just wrong. Jesus out in the front of the house of God making a whip. Just. Oh, I'm coming. No, just give me some time. Just come right back in. Hey, it's been an hour. You thought you missed me. My father's house shall be called a house of prayer. You get this out of here. Now, if you want to come back next Sunday, we'll be holding a different service called Repentance from Your Foolish Ways. You're welcome to the house of the Lord. Well, come on. We have grace for the sinner. Not grace for the righteous who think they're better than everybody. Self-righteous. Come, come on. Amen. See, why? Because these are chipmunks. They're punks. I'm not, I'm not even trying to make it an issue about that, but what's in your way? See, we don't have time for that. We are pastors in the house of God. We cannot afford to lose. We win every battle. We conquer in every situation. We will be here next year and the year after and the year after and the year after and the year after. Why? Because we don't have time to lose. Why? Because the people of God, the kingdom of God, depends upon everybody in this room saying, we will not be moved. Every weapon formed against me will not prosper. They are just little chipmunks doing this to me. And if, hey, listen, I'm, I'm 51 years old now. Now, for whatever reason, if, the, if, the, if we spray painted the starting line again and, and my hips worked good enough and I started off running that same race and that chipmunk, God bless, I'm kind to animals, don't get me wrong, but in the Northwest, you go to jail for, you know, taking an eagle's egg for 20 years, you go to jail and 
get fined $9 million. You can kill babies all day long. But, but, but the eagle's egg, that's precious. But if that little chipmunk was in my path now, I'd be like, I'm sorry, size 13 coming at you. Either move out of the way or splat. And you might, oh, that's terrible. What would you learn in church? He's killing chipmunks in that church. It's a cult. It's a chipmunk killing cult. Know what it is, is no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I don't care how big the enemy's raised up a standard against you to God when the earth, the earth is his footstool. It's just some little chipmunk in your way. And you know that's true because every time you've overcome in the past and you look back, it's almost embarrassing how small of an attack almost stopped you. But you and your wife and you and your family and you and your church got together and prayed and said, Father, right now in Jesus' name, we're not just some wimpy little church doing Sunday. We are believers. We are grown up. We are mature in you. We stand strong. We will not be divorced. We will not be defeated. Our finances are not going down. We are going to be happy and positive. Our kids are going to actually do their homework. Whatever it is. It seems like a mountain in the moment. But we speak to mountains, don't we? Mountain be removed. You're not a mountain. You're just a little molehill to us in Jesus' mighty name. We're going to take communion. Let me pray and get out of your way. Father, right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. This next service, part two, which is not the same as this service. Part two, which I call my third house. How to have both our house in order, our natural house, where we live and move and have our being. How do we connect it to the house of God, our second house, which is, which is not just your house, but we are stewards of it. We all have our natural house and your house to take care of. And our business house, our third house, those three houses, every human being in here possesses three homes. They're richer than they think they are. Only the enemy of our soul tries to make us poor in how we see ourselves. We're children of God. At the very least, we possess our own home, the house of God. As children and heirs, this is our house and our business house. And how do those three work together to build your kingdom? And how do we bring those three together so they truly synergize and are unified together? Father, right now, I pray for this great congregation. I thank you, you're doing amazing things. We can't afford to lose. We're not here to lose. We're here to win. And I know that sounds grandiose, and I know it sounds aggressive, and I know all that, but that's who we are. We're children of the Most High. And we could be the sweetest grandma here, but that doesn't mean that we have to be loud or like me as a preacher. It just means that when grandma hits her knees quietly and begins to pray, all hell shakes loose because she's tough in the spirit. And you could be a teenager that's quiet and shy. But when you go to the Lord in your prayers at night and you pray for mom and dad that are struggling and you know they are because you're old enough now to get that, that maybe it's your prayers, your faith, your strength in the Lord that allows your family to move forward just one more step. Because you're not just a child. You're a child of the Most High. Even at 16 or 15, you can be a winner and strong in the Lord. So, Father, I pray for Heather and for Eric specifically. Because, Lord, they just, they've said we cannot lose. We're too tough to lose. What happens when you get stressed out? Well, this is what we signed up for. 
little stress doesn't bother us. This is what we do. If lesser people could do our job, lesser people would have it. So Father, we rise up right now in Jesus' name. And together, V-Life and this church, we're not perfect churches, we know that. We're not perfect people. There's not perfect leadership. There's not perfect anything in this world. I don't even think you want it to be perfect, Lord. We wouldn't need you if we were perfect. But together, we unite our hearts. And we proclaim what the song said. There's more to do in this city. And this city's ours. It's ours. And it's the kingdom of God's. So we rise up. We synergize our faith. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church. If you would like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.